This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Q Who. I'm Chris, and I watched Star Trek The Next Generation when it originally aired. And I'm Derek, and this is my first time watching Star Trek The Next Generation. And three, two, one, engage. So I, I don't know why Sonia Gomez exists. Uh, she's adorable. She has nice hair. You don't hate her. Wait, so she exists beyond this episode? I thought she was just kind of filler. Uh, no, like we don't usually see crewmen. I'm sorry. This series doesn't usually hire actors from the guild that it pays to talk, uh, unless it's going to do something with them. I mean, oh, if it okay. has to. Uh, but we saw Colmini play O'Brien in the first episode of the series. Yeah. And my guess is that they just liked him so much. They're like, "Hey, we need a crew member to occasionally talk. We have a uniform that fits you. Just come on <laughs> back and say like two lines every other week." Uh, is my impression. I don't know. Yeah, so, so we, for them we to see like, Sonia Gomez here always kind of starting out at a disadvantage. It is you know, the way Jordy treats her? I'm wondering, is he kind of being a dick here? I I don't know. He's really polite to her, actually. Instead of being like, intern, get that coffee out of my engineering well, he's, bag. He's <laughs> polite, but in a stern way. Like, he, like yeah. as if he's trying to restrain, you know, being curt with her. He, he's politely directing his, his junior officer. He is also a junior officer. Okay. It's so weird. But, I mean, you know, yeah. th- this comes back to just, did she forget her military bearing? Or are they just scientists and he's just asking her, hey, this is my equipment I'm responsible for. Can you just not have that here? Yeah. You know, and I don't know where we fall on that line because, I mean, if she's, if this is a military outfit, um, this makes don't, sense, him taking responsibility Sonia, or whatever. I mean, but if they're just all There are plenty of people who want to do this to Patrick Stewart, but this is not appropriate. Yeah, he There's just not likes even a paper towel Patrick or Stewart. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she just keeps <laughs> rubbing his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everyone's really chill about this. Like in another organization, if you brought a drink where you didn't have it and then you spilled it on the boss... Um, it wouldn't go quite this smoothly. Well, um, I mean, this is if this is smooth, but it has a level of tension underneath. Like Jordy keeps like, no, 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 my responsibility, my responsibility. And you're like, well, yeah. there is no, there's no bad thing here. This is just an accident. Now, exactly. if you're if you're military bearing, that's a different story. But if if this is just people and spilled, literally spilled milk, then um, yeah, we just yeah, that, kind that, of that is not coffee. That is milk. Oh, wait, it was hot chocolate. Yeah, hot chocolate. Well, if it was coffee, I would be making fun about how it's not black coffee. <laughs> so that's, that's my angle here. I got nothing. So yeah, she shows up again. Uh, and like, th- otherwise, this scene serves no purpose within the context of the story. Yeah. Other than a reason to give Q to get Q to do dry cleaning, I guess. Well, um, just get him to kind of isolate himself and then show up. Yeah, but he could be doing that anyway. He could be like, uh, Captain, we have something to show you. He's like, if it's a meme again, <laughs> I'll down astrophysics for a Just put meme. it in my folder on the network and I'll get to it. There we go. And that's a really good effect. It's very subtle. Yeah. Um, to just remove the, the hot chocolate stains. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, he does, uh, Q does the very um nerd thing of well actually we're not on your starship haha like look i'm technically correct the best kind of correct (laughs) yeah it's weird that he's being a stickler for the rules here and he was trying to weasel out of a wager earlier yeah but you know part of the point of this episode is that q is maybe 
uh, Dr. Manhattaning a little bit uh-huh. and that he doesn't have any true motivations or character of his own. He's doing what he needs to to get the result he wants. So, I mean, in this episode, they talk about him getting kicked out of the Q Continuum. Do we know that beforehand? Did, did that happen, like, last episode with him in it? Uh, I think he f- he turned into a monk, I think, when he failed to corrupt Riker. And then he screamed and vanished. <laughs> so, I mean, in that context, his mission was to corrupt Riker, and he failed. Uh, and the Q Continuum was angry about that. But now here, they're like, well, the Q Continuum seems respectable enough. They probably just kicked you out because you're a dick. Yeah. So we have we have no characterization of right, that. and we don't we don't even know how individuality works in the Q continuum, but we do get the concept of that. We get this notion from Guinan later that um, there are different cues and different personalities. Um, some are more easy to deal with than others. Yeah. So he personally, but again, that goes back to God and angels. If. Yeah, I mean, well, we we get to, and this is kind of interesting to my thinking, is we, we get to perspective on, like, hive minds, in a sense. Because yeah. I, I thought the Q Continuum was just like, hey, I'm one big intelligence, and I just spin off avatars as I need them, and then I reabsorb them later. But the way it's characterized in this episode, it's almost as if it's um, kind of a communal sharing of things. But, like, hey, we we have a general computer that we all, like upload our experiences to but we all have experiences in different ways and then you have um the borg which are just uh-huh. um i want all the information in one spot always and i always want to do things from this one spot well we are giant brains yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so and again like none of this makes any sense if she's just a one-off character this doesn't move the plot forward like there's a scene later on where she has like a moment of reflection and as the newbie, that works. But Wesley's already pulling that bell pretty hard, you know? Well, I mean, she does kind of do the foreshadowing of like, hey, you know, we're the, we're, I gotta be the best because if, as humanity, we're gonna know, discover anything different, it's gonna happen on the Enterprise. So I wanna be on the Enterprise so that I can be the first one to see a thing. And True. that's True. what happens in this episode, right? We see a whole bunch of things yeah. we've never seen before. And, and also Jordy's leadership, which I've been grousing about for a yeah, while now. Yeah, so. uh, and you know, and he does the good leader thing. He's like, "Hey, man, listen, you know, we got a rough start. Let's go chill and turn forward, and we'll forget about it. It's not a big deal, right?" Which is just something you can do in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, for well, reasons. they did their requisite ten minutes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes of work. Hey, man, they put in a full grueling four-hour shift. <laughs> oh, Chief O'Brien is in this one. Nice. Um, so yeah. You know, I, uh, th- this uh, reminds me of how, um, you know, when you see, I, you know, I, after a certain point, Whoopi kind of stops doing movie and TV things. Um, but this characterization, like this style, really reminds me that she really is very pretty. Like she has striking feature, features, beautiful skin. You know, she's an attractive woman. Um, I just keep thinking about Whoopi of today, but this is young Whoopi. <laughs> yeah, they all young. They're all every all these yeah. people are so old now. Yeah, and I mean she and she she was a star in her own right. I mean she had she had done a few movies before this, I believe. Yeah, she did. She did. She did the color purple before this. A couple other things. She, um, I think Ghost was around this time. I know we talked about it before. I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, she, she she wanted to do this. I'm pretty sure like, she did Whoopi Jumping Jack Flash as well, which was uh, the my first introduction to Whoopi that I enjoyed. 
You know, weirdly enough, I think it was it was either that or Ghost for me because my grandma loved Ghost. Ghost was good for reasons. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> all right, yeah, we're not getting into that. <laughs> it's okay. My other grandmother was into Steven Seagal, and it's weird. I know any of this. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I've uh, I I can sympathize with that, unfortunately. Right. So, um, speaking of these sorts of things, there are people who believe who ship Q and Picard. And scenes like this are one of the reasons. Jeez, you're close, John Delancey. I know it's a shuttlecraft. <laughs> well, he has space. to be like this other thing, right? He has to do things that are not <laughs> human while looking human. Look at that. That's super yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of want him to just, like, flick out his tongue a little bit. Like, <laughs> like yeah. just to, like, up the creep factor to 11. Right. Why does this happen? So, like, hey, we're having a good conversation. Guy, what's wrong? Like wait, what? Uh, Jordy Jordy does not get a lot of characterization, but one of the things is is that he's uh he's just really I don't want to say good with people, but he does genuinely care about people. Okay. Um, he's one of the more empathetic. You know, I'm going to say it while she's on screen. Most empathetic <laughs> character. One of the uh, <laughs> most empathetic characters on the Enterprise. Yeah. Um, Poor Troy. It's like, damn! I was trying to tell him I wouldn't be able to be on the Ridge all week because I had patience yeah. and now he's gone i mean she came walking in with a purpose but she didn't even uh, she didn't even ex- get to explain her sense of urgency which is so weird yeah. she just she could have made that call anywhere but she, she she's got to call in sick to somebody yeah. she's like captain i'm not going to be able to get me out all week with Bajoran uh bad flu <laughs> yeah, Bajoran yeah. scale scale which flu. is really it's, just it's like her smoking a joint like every hour on the hour for a week yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, there's no. Not, did I say Bajoran? Beta Z. Beta Z skilled. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, she passed that buck expertly. She's like, okay, I'm going to walk in here. I'm going to be urgent. Riker's going to take the lead, and then bam, I'm going to bounce. Yeah. And then she's not going to do. She's just going to be off screen for the rest of the Yeah, time. yeah, no. It's Wally slacking from, from Troy. Uh, Matt Props. She's good at this. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. This. It's weird, right? This is an episode with Q. This is an episode with the Borg. Uh, like, so much cool stuff in this episode. New character, uh, uh, Sonia Gomez. Right. And they're like, yep, search pattern scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I know a little bit about the Borg, just on the record. Um, yeah. Mainly because of I, I watched TV in the 90s. Um, I know yeah. that, so I know Picard gets assimilated, and I know that he gets better, and then that's it. Yeah. So um, I love how he's doing this very childish thing of bouncing a ball. <laughs> it's great. It's the most annoying thing. Like he's technically got the seat behind Picard. Yeah, and this is the yeah. worst plan trip ever. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if he was kicking the seat back if he's like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Just <laughs> yeah. cues up a seat, sits down, just starts kicking. Oh, uh, that would be so funny. Um. um Right. So, yeah, no, they, um, you know, I guess Netflix is going to tell you in the description when that happens. Great transition. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that, that's a super, I love it. I love how, because you don't know what's happening. And when I first saw this, I thought, oh, crap, there's no one here. Like, he killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally what we expect. Most dramatic guy in reveal ever. Yeah, yeah, she's just, uh, she's just in the, she, what was she doing? <laughs> she was just trying to figure out something, taking a nap. 
it's a plus two save to being queued out of the ten forward. Ah, uh, maybe see, maybe like, yeah, yeah. He queued everyone out of ten <laughs> forward. Like, like I found she the totally cap. like ducked the queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, that smile from Riker was entirely too satisfied. Yeah, yes, I mean, I don't, it. I don't know if I buy that he know. Like he's behaving as if he knew Q was on board, but I don't know. Does he? I feel like he should. Ah, this genuine alarm. Yeah, Guess this, who's not omnipotent? This is... Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, omniscient. I apologize. I do love, I do love how they do this, like, hand... <laughs> these yeah. hand gestures, like... <laughs> yeah. Gaina's got counterspells on yeah, this guy, man, apparently. Yeah, she, man, she's ready. She, she is, she's prepared her spells for the day, and she's ready to cast. Yeah. And again, they... Uh, you know, Guyna has almost no history. They kind of lean on that heavily the first episode she appears. But uh, it's fascinating that these two, who are basically ciphers, have this history. Yeah. And they don't lean on it too heavily. And they get right back to the point. Yeah. And it works for both characters. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I, You know, I talk a lot about, like, wanting examples and wanting characterizations of... Um, you know cultures and that sort of thing but i do like when you can kind of nod to a shared history and not necessarily explain it um especially yeah. when two characters are kind of have this otherworldly intelligence and Worf is about to punch this guy so hard he's going to grow a sternum and then watch it break <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where this microburn stuff comes from but whatever well i mean i think it was just like he grunts and so but i mean i don't know yeah. Really. Hmm. Yeah. So, so we get anyway, this interesting concept, right? Of yeah. that the Q is a collective. We're about to be introduced to like another hive mind thing, but the Qs behave yeah. differently because they're they're given personalities at or have personalities at some point. Yeah. Right. They're individuals in and of themselves. Yeah. But so they share knowledge dudes. as well. Yeah. So uh, and they can kick people out. And Q, the the concept here is. Can Q be a member of the Enterprise crew? Right. Which and is a pretty I, I interesting I kind of like how he tackles that by, like, the menial task, right? He's like, okay, what if I give you an order and you're like, no, I can't do that. I'm too important. Like, so what, <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, what order can I give you that you will feel compelled to... And then they, they get down to the crux of the matter, which is essentially, we don't trust you. I mean, that's plain and simple. Right. And that's that's what it is, that they never know his true motivations. And he's... He's so powerful, like, how does he not just do everything? Right. Which is another uh, question for uh, the Enterprise crew. Like, I would like to think that they do this for fun, right? Like, you could send out probes and do high-level automation on these ships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, like, they're out here because it's fun. But if they were, you'd think they'd bring that up. You'd think you'd go, you guys are out. You guys don't have to be out here. Right. You do drones and stuff, but it's fun for you. I want it to be fun for me. It's my thing. Yeah, it, so. it would be interesting to kind of examine some of the motivation. You could use this episode to examine some of the motivations of why Starfleet does what it does. Um, yeah. hell, and you could even give me an answer to my question about whether or not it's <laughs> primarily science or military. Um, yeah. You know, but what's interesting about this is that I don't know how, how deep they go into this rabbit hole, but he introduces this whole, like, listen, you've just scratched the surface. There are things out here you don't even... Um, you're not even close to ready for, um, and and then eventually they sh- get shown that. And so I wonder mm. how deep does that go? Like, do they see more and more things that are just like would f- up the human race essentially? Yeah, 
Exactly. And that's that's what it is. Like Q, Q's playing everyone in this room. Right. Uh, with his whole I'm gonna join your crew thing. Yeah. He he's just trying to get Picard to say he can handle it. Right. Uh, okay, so that he has a pretext to sh- sh- shove Picard out to J25 to encounter uh, all the horrors of the universe. So, but One why? Of the of the why galaxy. would he do that? Why wouldn't he just say, like, hi, I'm Q, bam, oh, look, there's the Borg, see you later. Um, and so it makes you wonder if maybe that his powers are conditional. Like, he has to, kind of like a have genie, a like, he can only use them if he's fulfilling yeah. some kind of request. Or, like, proving At the end of it. Or something. Like, like the climax of this episode isn't really the Borg, it's Picard, right? When Picard says, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and to do that, Picard has to make a statement and stand by it. Right. And that's what, that's what Q needs out of Picard. The statement, uh, you know, of Picard's free will that Q can then undermine. So, the, the thing that had, before we started recording, the thing that I had... I started thinking about is is Q are, are Q's motivations benevolent or malicious? Because um, I if if you put a gun to my head and asked, I would say that they're actually benevolent. Like he's he's using Picard as this ambassador, like this link between all of humanity and the jacked up stuff he knows about. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my analysis as well, as well at this point, is that he knows Picard's an exemplar. He's a paragon. Yeah, and he's saying, "Hey, look, here's the test." So, <clears throat> you know, it's a test. Study for it, bro. At, at far point. Yeah. And then uh, he gets Picard to be like, "Nah, that will be fine." Picard and he's like, "No, you you're not going to be fine. There are things out there you need to know about. Right. It's it's going it's to be on the test later. So study for this. Um, or you know, die." And that's, this is all to prepare them. This is all to inform them and to test them. Um, not like in a pass-fail way, but in a way that, to borrow an analogy from Picard, you, you forge a sword yeah. um, by hammering it. Yeah. And then you also start to wonder, well, what does Guinan know? You know, yeah, I, mean, I know, right? Even, like, she does kind of, she's free with information, but you really don't know if she's giving it the whole thing. She's just giving you enough to go on but yeah. how do you know she's giving you everything yeah uh, I can see how there would be reason to distrust Guinan but she's being like pointlessly mysterious at this point she's like okay so I was born on the planet Gaina uh, <laughs> in the year 377 BC and <laughs> yeah. I am a Highlander what happened was <laughs> I'm the last hander I-, I won the prize but here's the rub <laughs> <laughs> there were like some boor anyway <laughs> yeah. um it's like Borg with swords somewhere. So, like, she's just like, nope, it's real dangerous, you should go home. Picard's like, eh, I'll scan around a little bit. What's the worst that could happen? Sir, sensors have found the worst that could happen. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't even the worst, right? <laughs> we still I mean, there's we're going to spend seven seasons with Voyager, so, yeah, the Borg <laughs> are the second worst thing to Delta Quadrant. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and the, uh, well, I'll get to it when it happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, you don't know kind of what, why she's being kind of mysterious. Yeah. Well, we never explain that really. I mean, like trauma maybe, but still. Yeah. Anyway, Borg ship. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly steampunky. Like all of these pipes. Yeah. 
Like I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm surprised it doesn't have like some sort of brass monocle like on its surface or something. Yeah. Trust hat. me, we are we are two seasons we are two Star Trek series away from an Enterprise with that kind of texturing on the outside. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. doubt that. Um, oh wait, so, no, you're talking. Oh okay, never mind. Oh, that's I'm, I'm making fun of how ships become more textured uh-huh. in science fiction over over the decades. That's unfortunate. I like he's like, hey, listen, go to your view screen. I'm like, or you could just look out the window. <laughs> yeah, the right window there. that's pointed to them. I'm going to go to this other room and look at the same view I was looking at before. Yep, yep, that's a big, uh, it's a big ship. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe there's like a little scale thing on the bottom. And they're like, oh yeah, no, it's that's it's big. Otherwise, it's just in space, and who knows? Yeah, I mean, you just have to assume that somehow the viewfinder gives her information that she doesn't have with her eyes. Borg, huh? So here, uh-huh. he's like, okay, like that's useful information. Thank you, Gunnan. However, <laughs> how do you know that they'll destroy us? You know, what? Why do we have to protect ourselves? Shouldn't this be information that you provide? Once you realize that we're not moving with the sense of urgency that you would expect a, a species with preservation instincts to move, I know. She sh- she should just stand next to Troy and be like, "You should be more scared." <laughs> Troy, like, Troy shakes her head. Right, more scared. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it would be funny if like there was some visual about like when Guinan like Guinan generating fear, and so she just tries to generate fear to Troy more and more. So Troy <laughs> says, like, there's a lot of fear, Captain. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, there's fear. Uh, you know, so, so here it is. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the Borg. You know, one of the things that struck me when, when I kind of got the full-on Borgness is that this is very um, aliens meets steampunk meets Dune sort of aesthetic. Yeah, H.R. Geiger was uh, That's the guy, I couldn't remember yep. his name H.R. Geiger So, again, he was not involved, but it's definitely Yeah, it seems aesthetic. like they yeah. definitely took some stuff in his direction Yeah, tubes uh, Of course, okay, so here's the Borg The Borg don't do diplomacy, the Borg don't do anything Because they're exceptionally powerful, right? Right There's no reasoning with them, there's no negotiation uh, And that's why they're scary and, you know, this is interesting. We, we play a role-playing game called Eclipse Phase, and there's this kind of one scenario where it's essentially um, you're, there, there are super intelligences out there that kind of, you know, want to become, like, assimilate all information. There's also, like, intelligences. I'm sorry, this is delegation.jpg. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, look at that, right? Like, he's like, hey, Wolf, go get hit by that guy. Ensign, go get hit by that guy. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm sorry, you were saying uh, about Eclipse Phase. Oh yeah. Well, it's just that there are the, the you know there are intelligences that hard. that get more powerful, and more powerful. Like I just looked at him in the yeah. eye. <laughs> he was like, "See, you can't stop me, Wolf. You never could stop me." Yeah. So the thing is that these are the big bads, right? Like these are the ultimate challenge, um, and. These guys appear in five episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, wow, really? Out of 176, Damn. five episodes. That's, that's surprising. Yeah, that's what you call potency. Yeah, I would have expected them to, to have more. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is, is he an upgraded model or did they just like recognize his attack capabilities and comp, like develop a compensation like that quickly? We don't know, but we'll later establish it is the latter. Okay. So um, they, they streamline a lot of the Borg stuff, like this whole looting the body, crouching over. Yeah, yeah, that, that was kind of interesting uh, when I saw that. And I didn't know if yeah. they took the body or if they just disintegrated it because like there's that mark. Uh, yeah, that's left. Disintegrated, man. They uh, that again. That's it's a classic Borg thing, which makes them monolithic. Uh, it it gives them this touch of humanity. We're like, oh yeah, no, they still need to do stuff, and they don't give a damn what you're doing. Yeah, they're gonna take the parts that are useful, and they're gonna burn the rest. Right, and it gives them this brutally efficient, almost cannibalistic feel. There's a um, um, what is it's Ultron, right? Ultron does. What, what's the DC hero that every time Superman beats him, he becomes like oh, finds a way to compensate or something like that? It's Doomsday because people don't understand how evolution works. But yes, <laughs> um, Doomsday. Doomsday's whole thing is that he was on a hell planet and he was shot out as a baby, and then every time he was killed by space wolves or whatever on the hell space planet, wolves. they'd scrap up his cells. Make a new baby from the cells and shoot the baby back onto the hell planet. <laughs> um, it's stupid as hell, but that's Doomsday's deal. He well, now I mean, adapts to whatever kills him. In all fairness, Superman as a designed hero is also stupid as hell. He was born under a red sun <laughs> in high gravity. <laughs> those are those are those are balsa wood pretexts, sir. Yo, dog. What if he was born under a yellow sun and had superpowers like a god and stuff? then that means he would have blown up next to some poorly defined chemicals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting how um, Stan Lee, as I understand it, was involved in both Detective Comics and Marvel um, before there was that like clear separation. And, you know, in Detective Comics, you had to have, like, all these unique origin stories, but Marvel's like, nope, everyone's mutants. <laughs> <laughs> all the way down, and he liked yeah. that because he didn't have to think of all these complex stories to give people powers. Trust me, I've read some Stanley origin stories, like beyond the ones you know, and it's good. It's good he didn't have to do that. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the Q. I he's, mean, you uh, gotta give it to Q. He's good at gloating. Like he is good at like. You sure? Things are product hot. placement getting hot as long right as here. Q is the product. The product placement. Yes. So. I mean, he, he definitely has a brand, right? He has a brand about yeah. him that is, is unique and identifiable. Kind of a dick, but lovably so. Yeah, a lovable dick, for sure. Yeah. more so, Definitely more so than Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd was <laughs> not a lovable dick. Yeah. Not to me, anyway. Well, because Q's not trying to make time with anyone but Jean-Luc Picard, so there we are. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this. We get right to the action. Like, not right to the action, but you know what I mean. Like... This is the action part of the drama. Yeah. Uh, and now we're doing stuff. And it's funny because yeah. the the attack that eventually works, they don't have mm-hmm. a name for it, which is funny. <laughs> like, he, Picard will say, uh, and it's coming up, this is interesting as well, it's like, a, they're taking a core sample of the Enterprise. Yeah, it's surgical. It's, um, I believe it's called a biopsy. Yeah. And they're just so overpowering, they just cut a part of it out, no problem. Yeah. Suck it up. And so, you know, eventually he's like, hey, whatever means necessary. And then 
they fire a thing. There's no name for it. It looks definitely like the laser, but it's effective this time. Yeah. And so it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, it seems like you should definitely have a sense of the a name for the thing that worked, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do that thing you did last time. You know the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh... And, you know, it is kind of frustrating that they built up all this tension. They have this clinical dissection of the Enterprise. And, like, there is a time when you got to assess what's happened. Uh-huh. Um, and Picard's really losing his cool. It's a good shot that shows... Um, this isn't, like, a standard diplomacy thing where you just yeah. listen to both sides and you say, don't do that or we'll stop you. Remember in the Outrageous Econom with the two ships had lasers? And they're like, <laughs> lasers. Yeah. Uh, you remember that? That's good times. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, so you, they're, they're they're the ones used to being overpowered, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and now, now we're back to Sunny Gomez, which is good. I mean, I like I like the response, the emotional response. Yeah, and you know, this is good leadership from Jordy once again. You know, she she's panicking because she's an ensign. This is her first stressful situation, and he's like, "Listen, don't think about it." Well, he's about to say that. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Like, don't think about it. Only focus on what you're doing. We'll, we're going to grieve later. And exactly. It's interesting because society, you need that as a society. Like people need to see examples of how they should behave as things because you can read about it all you want, but different societies will actually do different things. Uh, and sometimes they're very different than what you've read about. And so you need to know what's permitted and what isn't. And then once you see everyone kind of keeping their cool under panic, then you're almost kind of giving, you give yourself permission to also keep cool. Yeah. And uh, these interludes where we keep going back to the conference room to have Guinan exposit. Yeah, it's like you should the have ultimate done this. user is such a nineties. Yeah, phase. and then like he steals some lines. <laughs> He's like, yeah. "Oh, I'll tell you what they are." Um, but I mean, this is the kind of the whole humans don't negotiate with ants, so why would the board negotiate with humans? Kind of thing. Like exactly. That's, that's the your your orders of magnitude higher on the the uh, power scale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so again, we don't really sit down and have one big, boring conversation about that. They they definitely strip-tease us the deal with the Borg. Yeah. Right? They give us a little bit. They show a little bit. They tell a little bit. They show a little bit. They tell us a little bit. Um, yeah. I like, I, I, I mean, I, it, 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 it accentuates Picard's desperation that he's asking Q if this yeah. is, it, are, dude, are you fucking with me? Just tell me right now, please. Just at least that. Yeah. He's like, nope, and, not at all. And he, uh, you know, he's also saying, "Hey, look, Will, calm the calm the heck down. We, I don't, I'm not gonna say need, but we do for this very small period of time require the services of Q. So Q, tell us more. Yeah, <laughs> we fun. We still got this. Well, We're, uh, that's confident. kind of what I like yeah. about Picard too. Is that he's very goal oriented. Um, he can put his ego, he can put his his feelings aside. Um, and focus on a goal. Um, whereas some other people in this room... Um, <laughs> Shut but, up, Will. What? Yeah. Uh, they, they have trouble doing that. Troy's like, yes. <laughs> that prayer to the don't pick me God of the beta. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I'm so glad I didn't have to say anything. I was high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. She, she goes home, she puts another little quarter in her not on the away team jar. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to buy that planet I always wanted one day. <laughs> Point for Deanna. 
So yeah. So uh, this is like your standard. We might have. This is a fairly standard away team for the second season. It's interesting. Okay. Because ostensibly, like you have Worf there to punch things, but then you have Data there to, for science really and then also things. for punching things. <laughs> you have you have Worf to say, "Oh wow, they're they're strong," and then Data to actually do the punching. All right. If we're gonna win, Data is gonna fight them. If we're gonna lose, Worf's gonna fight them. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. So yeah. This is a super small set. This is a, this is a couple feet of tubes, spray painted matte black, a couple television screens, and like three or four extras. Okay. Um, and it's super simple. Yeah, right? and it, it does a good job of giving you that sense of um, I want to say compactness is not the word, but like efficiency. Like these Borg only. Well, I don't know. Right now, you feel like everything's efficient, but then they do this panning mm-hmm. shot, and it's like, oh, no, there's a ton more space. So it's kind of contradictory yeah. now I think about it. Yeah, what's interesting that I never noticed before watching it uh, exclusively for this episode, Data, you're not compatible. You're like some kind of Apple. They're like a homemade PC running Unix. You're not going <laughs> to fit in there. But he wants to, right? He totally wants to. <laughs> of course he does. Man just loves fitting in. <laughs> Man loves fitting so you can see they've walked forward. They still have that same bar behind them. Oh, yeah. It's so, true. again, it's just... Um, again, really efficiently shot because it feels big. It feels a lot bigger than this. I mean, you're close here, but then they do the wide shot. And it, yeah. it kind of gives you the context. Well, and I guess that's what that's what helps you. Like, see that wall right there? That wall's so Geiger. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, that's what you get for, uh, for like, having an enemy that's very, like, uniform. Like, no distinguishing characteristics is, I guess, you can do this. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's the deal is that it's all unhuman. It's all robotic. I mean, there, there's a biological element there, which makes it scary. Because that biological element is completely subservient to the efficient yeah, mechanical element. Yeah, it could element. be you. <laughs> and it could happen to you. Yeah. This is the real and, yeah. scary thing, where it's like you're in the heart of the enemy, enemy, and the enemy doesn't even notice you because you're you don't rate. Yeah, this is such a fantastic collection of incredibly effective. They're more powerful than you tropes. Yeah. Um, again, very effective episode. Yeah, for and sure. And again, scary ass, uh, scary ass cyborg. I kept waiting for that cyborg to like move data. Like I thought. Yeah. I thought when I when. The cyborg force showed up. I thought it was going to move data to get into the slot. And yeah. then when it came back, I thought it was going to move data to get into the slot, but it did neither of those things. And I was a little, not upset, but I was like, aw. <laughs> because there's no conflict in that scene. But let, let me get back to that. You can see, actually see there's a reservoir of water in this shot. I think it's remastered. Oh, yeah. I, I think they it, added yeah. motion to that water because this was a matte shot, obviously, initially. Yeah. You can see biological shit at the top, top left. Um,. But there's no conflict in that shot, and that's the deal. The Borg don't have a conflict with them, so the Borg aren't going to even interact with them. Right. So once you say, hey, Data, you're standing in my spot, you, you undermine that. Yeah, yeah. Because you've is, made that, a conflict. That's true. That's a good point. And it's like, well, well, how do the Borg deal with this irrelevant little conflict then? Um, and we don't, we don't ask that question. We don't... <laughs> God bless you. We don't get into the broad strokes. Yeah. We don't get into the narrow stuff, just the broad strokes. This is a little creepy as well, where it's like, hey... We came into Hell the yeah. nursery, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> See, I thought this is the first kind of thing that I learned about the Borg, is that I thought all of the biological parts of the Borg were just assimilated cultures, which is weird right. because you only ever see humans. 
I guess. Yeah. I you, you see a couple later on. Uh, um, these guys are all human simply because of, of production costs. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. But like here yeah. they're saying, oh, no, 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 actually the Borg are grown, Matrix style. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, half of one. I'm sorry, half of one, 0.5 of the other. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this is creepier, right? This is, again, this is another, Oh, yeah, like, doing anything with, like, small kids is creepy. Yeah. So, um, it's great. Uh, sorry, you see the Borg symbol here, which I never noticed. Oh, the right, right there, side. like that red thing? Yeah, that's, that's their iconography. Okay, Which I didn't, I didn't even think the Borg had any iconography, but they do. So, uh, and it starts here. Yeah, I would I would I would have not have caught that. Yeah, no, it's super subtle, which is just fine. You know, the Borg don't have any you know ad agencies or anything. <laughs> they don't need it. So they're either going to just take their information or take their biological matter. <laughs> I do like how the minute Picard learns that is regenerating, he's like, "Get them out, we're leaving." Oh yeah, he's finally afraid because he thought he had him right. He right. thought. Yeah, yeah, we phasered them up. If they start anything else, we're just going to phaser them even more. Phaser right. them so much. Great sense of scale. Great detailing. Like, I'm sure there are really fine CGI ships out there, yeah. but that is literally random crap they found and glued together. <laughs> well, see... And that's the board. And, and that it shows. Of, Look at that. That kind of throws me off. It, it, It's like, well, okay, wait. So they're super advanced, but it's all of this, like, pipes and mechanics. Like, it looks like it's, like... It, what if they were more advanced in the Enterprise, but steam? <laughs> like, it's like, I, what? No. They still use pipes to run things everywhere. Um, I like it because, again, you can do, like, it's an incredibly smooth sphere with or a monolith with, you know, prime number dimensions. And, uh, you know, like, that's easy. That's been done. But yeah. the, the texturing of the Borg makes them feel a little more down to earth. Well, it's interesting... Um, well, firstly, I want to talk about this. So, they have, um, you know, they've established like there's a there's a warp that makes you go back in time, <laughs> which at some point in time, I don't think it's right now, but then they'll say, "Hey, uh, Borg, like we're, we're, I'm giving you everything that you have," which you could assume that okay, we're at max warp. Right. But if we're at max warp, shouldn't we be going back through time? We kind of we're kind of rewriting yeah. the physics of the setting here. It seems in Star Trek Four, um, they sling they did a slingshot around the sun, um, okay. which meant that they were going at warp, but the sun pulled them faster, okay. so they went back in time. Uh, which, if you could just like, there's a whole novel about like everyone's like, oh wait, I have a warp drive and a sun, so we <laughs> can just go back in time. And they're like, oh yeah, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the only thing I really know about. I think they went really far with the Traveler because of the power of love or belief in things. <laughs> Friendship. Just believe, believe in the time travel. Platonic adult boy love. And <laughs> they, I don't think they went back in time though. Yeah. So, Warp 10 does let you go back in time. They can't go Warp 10. You notice they keep going annoying decimal places. Yeah, An yeah. annoying number of significant digits of 9. Uh, so, like, they can't go Warp 10. Like, they just can't do it. Yeah, so they shot four-ton torpedoes and shot more four-ton torpedoes. Like, I just... Yeah. It's like, okay, A, 
if you if you fire a battery and it doesn't work, it seems like you'd want to concentrate your fire. Like, okay, what about two photon torpedoes in the same spot? That's tactics, man. These guys don't do tactics. <laughs> Come on. I do like how the Borg have a uh, weapon that uh, takes away shields. Yep. Um, it it, it kind of you kind of get the sense that they're not they're not looking to destroy. They just want to keep pace with mm-hmm. the Enterprise so that um, once once they they finish regenerating, they'll just assimilate them. Right. Also, uh, to to play devil's advocate with myself, uh, the pipes and things on the outside of the Borg actually makes a lot of sense with respect to computation power and cooling off that computation power. Um, because you can route water on the outside, uh, which will provide a cooling effect, um, and then route it back to your whatever's doing the processing in order to cool it down. Yeah, you can actually uh, radiate heat into space via black body radiation, which is something we all learned at the end of the first season. Oh, neat. Oh, speaking, of, speaking of that episode, uh, The Neutral Zone, the thing that was scooping up colonies, there's one line in here that's like, oh yeah, this is totally something the Borg did. The Borg did that. Okay, yeah, I do remember it. I, yeah, I remember they said, like, oh, it's like the thing we saw in the neutral zone. Yeah. So, and here's here's the crux of our episode with right. um, Picard. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember if we saw it already or not, but there's this point in time when Guinan says they weren't supposed... Oh, I think it's later. It's at the very yeah, you, end. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll so, wait until um, that. But I do like how... Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, he finally admits... And he can travel 7,000 light years in, like, a non-warp fashion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is Because he's, he's a Q. He's very powerful. So, I mean, m- m- the dude can stop time. So, yeah. warp travel, what a thing. It does kind of make <laughs> you wonder if, you know, what's the spectrum of powered things between humans and Q? And is there anything, I mean, what's, how high does it go above Q? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, they don't really get into that. They just sort of treat Q as the most powerful thing around. And yeah. the only thing more powerful than a Q is more Q. Which is nice. I mean, which so. is nice, you know, as opposed to the original series where it was just you always have to recontextualize the big bad in some other way. Yeah. Um, at least this way you can have this kind of all-knowing being all-powerful. So, Not all-knowing. Great speech from Q, by the way. Say again? Great speech from Q. Oh, yeah? About being able to satiate powers both subtle and gross, but not being for the timid. Um, it's a great speech. Yeah, you know, and it kind of alludes to, on, on a smaller scale, you know, human learning itself. That if you want knowledge of a thing, you have to be willing to, you know, face your own inadequacies. Yeah. So, um, and that's, again, this isn't all going to be good stuff. There's There's dangerous stuff out here, too, and that's just foreshadowing. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, what you said earlier, this does a hell of a job uh, at foreshadowing. So here it is. Yeah. Um, you know, he set events in motion sooner than you should have. It gives you this notion that there is a scale among certain advanced societies. There's a scale in which other societies who are not advanced should perceive certain things in certain times, like relative to their advancement. And, that's another Eclipse Face thing, right? Like this notion mm. that um, the reason why we haven't met any aliens in Eclipse Phase is because um, there are these super intelligent civilizations that put our whole solar system in a bubble and they're seeing if we can handle it or not. 
Right. Like the prime directive. Right. Um, slash keeping the kids in uh, preschool. Um, yeah. So, so here Gein is like, yeah, no, if maybe events had unfurled naturally, you guys would actually have the raw power by the time you met them to, to get their respect. Um, and Q has actually brought this upon you. And Picard's like, well, maybe we wouldn't have... Uh, yeah, maybe we've been complacent. Like he, he did checkmate, something Eric. to Sorry. Um, kick yeah. us out of complacency. <laughs> right, and that's what Picard says. Picard says maybe we wouldn't have been that powerful by the time we got out here. Maybe right. we need to, you know, build ships in the parlance of Stellaris. Yeah. <laughs> Continue <laughs> building, building ships. ships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and it, it is kind of interesting how um, it almost seems like human existence is kind of this balancing act between... Um, enjoying the fruits of your labor and and um, advancing yourself for the right reasons. No, preparing for the bad stuff while enjoying the good stuff. Yeah. So, again, real good episode. I love I love the hell out of it. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it has a lot of stuff kind of going on. Um, it 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 doesn't ask any kind of. Well, let me rephrase. It does ask some deep questions, but not directly. Like, but if you dig yeah. into this episode a little bit, there's a lot going on here. Oh yeah, yeah, tons of stuff. I mean, Q, Picard's pride, the the notion of the Borg themselves, who have been cast as everything from communists to uh, democracy guys to uh, like people who use computers too much, like. <laughs> if there's this thing where hey we, we should cooperate like you can draw a line from that to the Borg so like aggressive capitalism I think has never been projected onto the Borg but yeah um, it seems uh, like they, they could I mean all they do is assimilate resources right see there you go. they're a bucket which can hold a lot of ideas um, and they're scary they're scary yeah no so. Def- noted <laughs> so noted <laughs> um so next, unless you had anything else to do with Q no, Who. no. Um, final thoughts about this: like, you know, there's a lot here. Um, it, it there are a lot of interesting stuff, especially with respect to uh, Eclipse Phase. At least for me personally, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was a good episode. I think Q is, is being benevolent here in his own way, and um, I'm I'm interested to see more about how they they characterize Guinan now that they've kind of revealed this other part of herself. Yeah, give us a little. She's more not just her. the bartender. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next week is going to be Samaritan Snare. So next week we're doing Samar- yeah Samaritan sh- Snare. For some reason I was reading the Samaritan Share. Okay. Okay. Um. So the picture we get from Netflix is Picard and Wesley, which they look like they're in a uh, shuttle. Um. Yeah. So that's already weird. Got a lot of shuttle um, use this season. And we get uh, this bit of summary uh, from Netflix. With Captain Picard away for routine surgery, okay, the Enterprise responds to a distress call from a parked vessel. Pack-led. Pack-led. Okay, pack-led vessel. Yep. Um, so is Wesley doing the surgery? Uh, <laughs> His mother's a doctor. Really, he stayed really at Holiday Inn Express here. last night. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to expect here. Um, you know, the, 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 this cool. isn't very clear to me at all. Um, okay, all, it's the, it's the a, title's yeah. probably the most evocative because the word snare 
makes you feel as if yeah. there's someone trapped on the side of the road and um, if you go help that person you, you spring the trap it's a good analysis we'll find out next week and until then remember Rand. Rand hey I'll make this less than 60 seconds because no one likes credits Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures we're watching this on Netflix streaming talking over Skype and recording our conversation with Alamoto Call Recorder. All editing is done with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder, and our files are hosted on vanvelding.com. With DreamPress hosting, run with WordPress. Thank you, and remember,